Hey friends, I'm Taylor and welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm so thankful that you are here listening and joining me in my curiosities. We have more access to each other than at any other time in history, and yet we have never been more disconnected in our real life relationships. So let's connect. We'll discuss the wide spectrum of life's questions. We'll go from what are you binging on Netflix to how do you explain why bad things happen to good people? My hope is that these conversations will bring you joy, encourage you to lead out with compassion, help you discover the beauty and community, and most importantly, that the gospel of Jesus would go forth from this tiny corner of the world. Let's start asking questions. Hey guys, welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. So I am going to do another solo episode today. Um, or this week, I guess. And um, we are going to be talking very briefly, hopefully, and as a very like 10,000 foot level view of the Enneagram. Um, I'm going to share my story with you and share a little bit about the Enneagram in case you've never heard of it. Um, And I guess I will just kind of give you an update too. I mean, it's the middle of October. Halloween is just around the corner. And if you can believe it, Hallmark Christmas movies are starting this Friday. Um, I did a poll on Instagram to see what people wanted me to talk about on this episode. And it was a very slim margin between Enneagram and Hallmark Christmas movies because it starts this week. So here's a little shout out for everyone who was who had voted for their Hallmark Christmas movies. I do want to do um, a more like in-depth, I guess, I mean, if you can't even, if you can even say that Hallmark Christmas movies are deep, <laughs> which they are not. They are very much this a similar plot and with a few little nuances here and there, but they're still really fun. But I wanted to do an episode closer to Christmas um, about that. So today you are getting a brief look at the Enneagram. Um, so anyway, back to, so those start this Friday I think I'm going to a pumpkin patch on this weekend. Um, yeah, life is just really crazy. You know, it's so interesting to when you say you're going to start a hobby, like say you're going to start a podcast, for example, and you just don't realize <laughs> that it is a lot more work to do content and research and all the things. Like it is a full on full hobby, um, which sounds probably like a duh to some people, but I, I did not necessarily think of it that way. So, um, yeah, really thank you guys for listening and for joining the show today. Um, okay. So, I mean, I guess let's just dive into this thing. So if you have not heard about the Enneagram, uh, I don't know if you've been under a rock or what, but, um, if you, if you haven't, you likely may not be 
this is not meant to be judgy in any way, but it is something that is sweeping Christendom right now. Um, it's become very popular over the last decade or so. And essentially what it is, is it is a personality test. And it's actually an ancient personality test. And it definitely has pagan roots. So to say it is a Christian personality test like what I had thought and what I originally believed um, would be incorrect if you study its roots and origin and especially the people who have popularized it. Um, it is very, it is not biblical. Uh, so I guess I will share my story. I don't, I think I heard about it. Okay. So there's a very popular podcaster that I listen to, and she talks about the Enneagram a lot. And I was very curious to know what that was because I had never heard about it before. Um, she is based in the Nashville area, and it was very, very popular in Nashville, and it kind of ended through the South, and then it kind of slowly started sweeping through the country more to the West Coast and up to the Pacific Northwest. And over the last few years, it's gotten a little more popular and lots of famous Christians and influencers have talked about it. Um, your church may even have their staff take the personality test, you know, the, your Enneagram coach personality test. Um, and it, like most personality tests, they can give you um, a little more knowledge about yourself. Myers-Briggs, DISCs, DISC-1, which I don't think I've ever done. Um, I did, I've done a color test. I've done the Myers-Briggs. And obviously, I know my horoscope because I was once a 13-year-old girl. And I read magazines and what person doesn't know their horoscope, or at least teenagers. Most teenage girls do know their horoscope. Um, and so I was listening to this podcast and I wanted to know the Enneagram. I had never heard about it before. Nobody I knew had ever heard, had heard about it. I, I was fairly certain. And so I decided to learn about it. I wanted to understand it and learn about it before I shared it with anyone. I don't know why there's some sense of arrogance that probably is there in order to be like saying to have the, the mindset of, I want to learn about this before anyone. Um, and I want to be able to like help people find their, their personalities. Cause what this is, is the, the premise of it is that only you can know your Enneagram type. Nobody can actually tell you because it is something that is, you have to search deep inside yourself, which as we know is very opposite of what scripture tells us. We do not look inside ourselves for clarity or identity or salvation or rescue. Those things come from Christ, which is outside of ourselves. Um, we do not look necessarily within. Um, Jeremiah 17 says the heart is wicked above all things and um, desperately sick. Who can understand it? So 
just for that alone, we do not, <laughs> we do not look to what our heart tells us. It is, it is a liar a lot of times. So, um, I don't know why. I, I think part of it was, uh, I thought it would be fun and a different way to get to know my friends. Um, I think at the time our church had closed. And so there was definitely a sense of separation and if I'm getting the timing right, but I just remember feeling like I wanted to get to know my friends more. And this seemed very harmless. The way it was presented to me was seemingly like, oh yeah, once you know your number, like you can know more about yourself. And, um, you, presumably would think about yourself in your worst way, which I totally, I believe in total depravity. And so I think that we are, the Bible says we're born into sin. So I very much believe that humans are not born good, um, that we are born into this world and that only because of Christ, is there anything good within us? And God gives us common grace and he's cause he's kind and merciful and beyond measure. And so to think about the worst side of me, which everyone, if you really, it's not that hard to think about you on your worst day, like your most deepish selfish desires. Most people don't have a hard time getting in touch with that side of us. It's like children. You don't have to teach children to be good. They usually, you have, or you don't have to teach them to be bad. You're usually teaching them to be good and what it is like to make the right decision, not the wrong decision. They, they are naturally little, you know, little wicked beings. They're precious and they're cute, but we, there's a reason there's correction and discipline. It's not disciplining them to be bad. It's because they are bad and you have to discipline them to act good. But anyway, I digress. So that's a can of worms, a tangent. You can feel free to at me, I guess, if you want to talk parenting, but I'm not, that's not really a conversation that I'm going to get into. Um, uh, so I, for a long time, I did not know what my type was. So I took time to like understand the types more so, so that I could know what type I was. Um, and I, you know, through my, you know, understanding myself and even prayer, I think at some point I really like wanted God to reveal to me, not necessarily my type, but like, God, this is going to give me clarity to know myself more. And then I can know more how to ask for you to grow me. So I had justified it a lot in my mind of like, okay, if I can know and understand and put words to the things that I'm struggling with, then God, you can use that. And it is true that God can use those things, but we don't have to always have the words to, to know like our deepest, darkest parts of us. Like he knows those and we can ask him to take, I mean, we're, we are being renewed. We are, we are, that is what the Holy Spirit does. So it, we, we can pray to God and he is good to, to grant us forgiveness for the things that we 
are repented for truly. And like right now, I don't really even know what word <laughs> I don't really, I'm done. My sentence structure is really poor right now. Um, I'm not entirely winging this. I do have some notes, but it's, it, it, it just is what it is. We don't always have to have words because God knows our hearts. So, um, for me, it was, you know, I want to know more about myself and, um, it, and it, in a twist of events, it really did give me a lot of words to put to the pain that I had felt and certain longings that I had felt. And mostly it's the fear. So that's what it is that every number type has a specific fear that you can relate with most, you know, or a thing that you would strive for most. It is based off of your motivation. That's how you find your type. And no one can tell you what your motivation is. Only you can know your motivation um, for the most part. And so I read up and I learned all the types and I was really, it was really strange um, how I could ask different questions to help people find their type. Um, I knew really well and I could say, you know, do you do this or do you do this? And then people would tell me and I would kind of lean towards a certain number and then I could just go on and just speaking on the type in a very objective way, kind of give them like here's personality traits or when you get angry, this is probably what you do. And like when you're excited or like when you're stressed, these are the types of things that you probably do and probably how you treat people, even though you may not admit it. And, and I cannot tell you how many times people would just look at me like you are reading my mail. Like, how do you know this? This is so wild. So it's really, it's a very personal thing. And since it is you find your type by the motivation of people. That's a really intimate thing. That is something that can in the in the minds and hearts and hands of the wrong people, which granted again, I will be depressing and talk about depravity. Like it, it, it to our cores, we are evil in certain ways. And so it's like, you know, apart from Christ, that is. So in the wrong hands and the wrong, the wrong person knowing what motivates you, the manipulation that could happen. I mean, it, it is quite wild to understand what makes someone motivated, what they strive for and know that you can use that to your advantage. Um, so the other ways that I justified knowing this was I didn't, uh, there was only one time that I shared about this with a group of non-Christians um, because I don't, I think it was a girl's trip and it was just like seemingly harmless at the time, but I knew that I did not want the Enneagram to be the first thing that I shared with people. I wanted that to be Jesus. And so in my mind, I was like, if I'm going to share the Enneagram, I have to share the gospel first. So it was, I really only shared it with Christians who I knew, who I had, I had a deeper relationship with that I knew were pretty self-aware because in Enneagram terms, if you're not self-aware, if you don't know what motivates you, you can't find your number anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And I mean, you can always 
talk to people about like their fears and kind of ask questions or have them take a test and, you know, figure it out. But that was, so that was how I justified it was I did not want to share it with non-Christians and I only wanted to share it with people who I knew already knew the gospel and had a sense of identity because from what I was hearing, and I listened uh, to another few podcasts that were very Enneagram centered and the way that it was that I had listened to it was this is the Enneagram is not a crutch. It is not an excuse because you have like stereotypes of certain, certain numbers, like, you know, people are constantly late or they're the center of attention or they're very emotional or like they get angry really fast. So it was constantly taught to me of like these, if you have these things, your type is known for these certain things. That's not a crutch. That's not an excuse for you to act that way and be like, well, I'm just a type nine. Like, oh, I just like to take naps or like, oh, I'm just a type eight. I'm just a chat. Like I just do this thing. So I was told and taught, I guess, via these podcasts and like not from actual people personally, but that like, it's not a crutch. And so that to me was really great. I was just like, oh, this is so, this is a great solid teaching. They are not wanting this to be someone's identity. This is meant to help you and help grow you in ways so you can be more whole and be more like complete and have a better understanding of yourself. Well, for some reason that did not click with me that like anything outside of scripture should not be like your go-to way to understand yourself. I think things, other writings can be beneficial. Um, and I think that, that, that God can use those things for sure. And I mean, ultimately, I mean, spoiler alert, I did learn a lot about myself through this process and through the Enneagram, like I've, I said already, it did put to words a lot of things that I, um, not that I didn't know necessarily about myself, but that I had not ever really thought about or could express with words. Um, so I mean, it, it did kind of help me in ways, which I don't love saying, but God uses all things. Um, so praise God. And I know that it did help some of my other friends to understand like why, especially a few married couples, I know understanding what motivates them, their spouses and how very different they are rather than just always thinking everyone thinks the same way as me, or why do they think that way? I can't believe they think that way this really opened up the conversation to saying like, no, people legitimately are super different and we can have compassion for people in their differences and patience for them because they're different than us. And so I like, it's a weird thing to be like, unfortunately, that is something that the Enneagram did show me. Um, but I mean, overall, I would, I, again, it's, this is very, this is my, this is just my story. Um, but over, so that way I, I probably studied it and learned about it for close to a year before I mentioned it to anyone. Uh, like I, I, like I said, studied, listened to so many podcasts, 
read articles, read books. Um, I, yeah, it was not good in the way that I was keeping it a secret because I, I just wasn't ready to talk about it because it is a weird thing. It's like, oh yeah, I'm studying about this personality test. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just didn't, I don't know. I don't, I do, it's, it's definitely something that I do not feel good about. It's something that I have definitely like repented of. And when we, I mean, it gets joked about like in humorous ways, like I can laugh about it because there are some still quirks and we jokingly and sarcastically say and reference like our types and all this stuff. And it's not meant to be serious anymore, but it is one of those things where sometimes I do feel like a little turn in the pit of my stomach because I was the one who told a lot of my friends about this and, um, you know, had conversations about it and we got excited about it. And it was so weird and so quirky and just like so strange how I could just like peg someone's personality and motivation just by learning about these nine different types. It was, it was really weird. And I, yeah, I just don't always feel right about it. So this is definitely a public apology of sorts where if I have introduced you to the Enneagram and pointed you to, to that apart from Christ, I apologize. And I hope that I am just praying that God would continue to speak into your life in other ways that he would make the sufficiency of scripture far more important and far more known and just that clarity of the inerrancy of the word of God, that it is perfect on its own and it needs no nine types to be added to it for us to know who we are because God tells us who we are when we read this book. And, um, so anyway, I just, you know, I apologize for leading anyone astray in that way. It's definitely something that, um, it's just, it's not a fun feeling to think that you possibly introduced something that seemed sort of innocent and that you had good intentions with that ended up being something very pagan. Um, and again, rooted in the occults, it is something that goes back, um, I believe a couple hundred years. And so even just from like, you can look it up on Wikipedia. I mean, it even says that it was done through divination and automatic writing and, um, sorcery, which the Bible vehemently condemns. Um, it is definitely not something to mess with. Um, and so much of the Enneagram is again, it's, it's an ancient personality test. So it asks that you go and you search deep with inside yourself. Well, um, someone who I really love listening to is Ali Bestucky and she 
talks about this in her book called you're not, um, you're not enough and that's okay. And it's, um, a book about the toxic culture of self-love. And I agree with her in, uh, so much of that book. It's a really great book. I will put a link to it in the show notes because every person should read it. Um, but a big part of what she always says is if the self is the problem, then the self can also not be the solution. Um, that's not logical. (laughs) That's problematic uh, more so than it is logical. So, um, you know, I, I would again, recommend that book, but she talks about the Enneagram. And so that then connects to like, we can't go inside ourselves to figure out what's wrong with us. We have to seek out a different source. Um, so like I said, this is, this uh, has been made more popular, I would say in the last like decade, but it also, I know lots of people there is a famous, um, he's an Episcopalian preach. His name is Richard Rohr and he has made it pretty famous. Um, he, I believe he's Episcopalian. Um, but he, maybe he was Anglican. I'm not sure. In any case, he is a universalist. So he is not a person who we would go to or seek for biblical wisdom. Um, he does not keep wise counsel or good company. Um, he has a book called The Universal Christ, which just came out a couple years ago, which again is ridiculous. Um, universalism is essentially the belief that all people eventually make it, uh, that are eventually saved. And that is not necessarily true. All throughout the Bible, there is scripture about, uh, the elect and a remnant and people that are set apart and, um, we know that there is hell. We know that there are people that, you know, not everyone is, becomes a part of the family of God. So, um, there's plenty of that. Jesus talks about that turn and turn from your sin and repent. If you want to be with my father, like that is why Christ came was to preach repentance, not just to love people. Spoiler alert. It was not just about love. It was about repentance. So, um, it's, it's a two-parter. It's not, you can't, it's, it's unloving to not call people to repentance. So, um, and I can see how people who like the Enneagram, um, would, would be confused by a lot of it. Because especially someone like myself, where I wanted to know more about myself to then ask God to change it, to repent of it. Um, but the, the scriptures are sufficient in doing that if we would just read them. And that is absolutely a call out to myself to be, you know, more regimented in my Bible reading. Um, because that, I mean, we are, we become new creations. Like you must be born again. It's not something where we just 
go into ourselves and discover a new thing. It's no, like, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. That's second Corinthians five seventeen. Like we don't just go into our old selves. We must put to death our old selves and all that. So yeah, I, I'm not trying to like be super preachy. I don't love the idea of that, but I'm just hoping to share some, some good things like, um, or I guess correction when it comes to the Enneagram. So I will link Doreen's Instagram and I will link this blog post as well. Um, and it's just basic, a few basic like overview. It's, it's top 10, top 10 reasons to run from the Enneagram. Um, and I will share just a few. You can go read a couple more. But um, so we talked about universalism. And this uh, article says the main proponents of the Enneagram today are at a minimum very new ages and age ish and mystical, if not outright universalist, i.e., uh, believing that there is no need to be saved, no need to share the gospel as there is no separation between us and God. Um, they likely have a low, if not adversarial, view of Scripture. Also, almost all Christians who are former New Agers, at least those with a high view of God's Word, like Doreen Virtue, um, are alarmed by the usage of the Enneagram and warn of the dangers of, and deceit therein. Um, it has occult origins. Um, as I said, it's, um, also pretty worldly. The Enneagram, so worldly wisdom is another point on here. The Enneagram is not based in objective reality, truth, reason, or scripture. At best, it is the world's wisdom, man's wisdom, which God calls foolishness. And not to mention the fact that the ultimate source of the Enneagram is the occult and mysticism. So there's, this is a pretty good article um, about a few of these things. Weakens dependency on God and his word, self-focused and man-made ideology, which are things that we are like not, it, it yeah, self-focused man-made ideology. Like it really is both of those things. Uh, there are people and there are, Enneagram teachers and coaches, which I considered being for a while, that uh, do relate things to scripture. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, like you can, you can pretty much, you can almost do that with anything. Uh, that doesn't mean that it redeems the thing that you're trying to justify just because you can find a scripture for something that you believe in or that you like you are making scripture fit into your worldview. And that is not how we are to come before the holy word of God that is living and active. We do not, that's called cherry picking. And that's what a lot of um, false religions do. That is what new agers do. That is what the NA, like it is not, that is not how you approach the word of scripture. Um, 
Because context matters. Okay. Context matters. Um, what else was I going to, uh, I had asked, um, a group of friends that I am, that I consider very trustworthy and some of them shared some of their responses. And one was about the, the new creation. Um, I think, and she says, um, I think that the, that, uh, I just think of the fact that no matter what your personality type is, the Bible says we're a new creation in Christ. The old is God and we are being transformed into his image from one degree to another, which she is quoting second, um, both, uh, second Corinthians five seventeen and second Corinthians three eighteen, which is, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who's the spirit, which is sanctification. So it's the already not yet of like, you are saved by grace because of what Christ did, but you are also constantly being sanctified and growing in this life. And you, so, um, which I'm having, I get to, I'm very lucky that the next episode will be, um, two of my pastors, or I should say my two pastors. Um, and hopefully they will get to touch on that already, not yet theology. So if you have any questions about that, um, ask, we, I, I would love to, hopefully I can get them to chat a little bit more about that. There's a really great article from Desiring God, um, from John Piper that actually talks about that. So, um, so, so much of what scripture calls the Enneagram is, is bad. It is of the occult. It is not something that people should seek after. Um, I find both Dory, I've, I know I've mentioned Dory in virtue a ton, but she is just so fascinating to me because she was um, huge, huge in the new age. She published so many books. She was into like tarot cards, but she made like angel cards because tarot cards were like too devilish or too scary or whatever. And she thought it would be more redeeming to make them with angels. Um, she has a really incredible testimony and she actually just, um, graduated, I believe, uh, with a bachelor's degree in theology, which is really bachelor's or master's degree in theology. And her book is called, um, deceived no more how Jesus led me out of the new age and into his word. And I will link to that book. Um, her and then Marsha Montenegro, who is also a former new ager. She knows a lot about, um, false religions and horoscopes. And she's also a really great, resource. Um, they are, I believe Marsha Montenegro is, um, or gosh, I think one of them or both of them are in the American gospel, um, shows, but both just solid women who love Jesus and anything you can read by them that is newer, I should say, because Doreen Virtue she has a, some books that are still being published just because she's 
recently been made a Christian. God recently saved her as in, I think the last, maybe the last 10 years. And so just because of publishing, she has said that, um, her books are still out there and she's like, do not buy my books. <laughs> do not buy those. Those are like, please don't like it. Yeah. So I just, I find that so interesting. She's, God has done such an incredible work in her and I just love hearing her story. So, um, she's a great follow on Instagram and has a lot of information. Um, I'm trying to think of what else do I want to say about the Enneagram? So, so much of it is like, clearly scripture condemns it, but you have the freedom to study the Enneagram. You have the freedom to do it. I do not recommend it. I do not think that you should, but I'm I am pretty confident that there are a lot of Christians or a lot of people that are listening to this um, that have, that know their type, that have found it useful and um, that really love it. And I am not the Holy Spirit. And so I cannot condemn or convict um, how you feel about it, that is up to the Lord. But I do hope that this has been somewhat enlightening. Um, I know for me in the beginning, friends had told me that it was something that it was like kind of occultish, occult-ish, but they didn't really know. And I was like, oh no, like that's, you know, I was in denial about it because I really liked it because I loved having this knowledge, which arguably secret knowledge. It's not secret. I mean, it's out there, but it's, it's extra biblical. It is not, it is not from the Lord. So in a way it, you could say it's Gnosticism, but, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I would just say, don't, don't even go there. Um, So yeah. Anyway, this is again this this is not meant to be a super deep dive on it because I have just my story and a little bit of knowing that it is not good and how God had revealed that it it was not something that was it's not wisdom. It is not something that Although there are things that can be true, that does not mean that they are profitable, that they are things that you are worth repeating or that are worth teaching or sharing about. Um, I mean, it's like saying that, well, you know, people can recite scripture and so that means that they're Christian. Well, the enemy repeated scripture back to Jesus when he brought him into the desert. And so it's like, just because you know some things and some things can be true, the context by which they are applied matters. So I don't think that just because the Enneagram may have things that are true about it does not justify that it is something overall that is good for us, that it is not wisdom. Um, Because again, it seeks that you, you, 
you go more into yourself, that you search your own heart. And that is not where we are to look. That is not where we are to search. Um, so, um, I don't necessarily have any really great way to close. Um, but I will just say that, um, yeah, I am very grateful for these scriptures. I'm thankful that we get to be new creations because of what Christ did, that the old has passed away, um, and that we are being transformed into the same image of the Lord from one degree of glory to another. Um, those two verses in second Corinthians, I'm very, very thankful for. So with that, I am going to end the podcast today. It was, I meant to, to be a lot more abbreviated for sure than what it was right now, but here we are. If you have, um, questions or probably pushback, I'm sure people are going to have pushback because I know that there was a season probably a couple years ago. It may have been like last year. You may think it was last year, but a couple years ago where I shared a lot about the Enneagram. And so again, I just apologize. Um, if I had led anyone astray, um, or led anyone further away from the Lord and made them think or made you think that something outside of scripture, outside of the identity that we are given in Christ would be beneficial because it's ultimately not. It is only in Christ that we um, can find our identity. Okay, well, that is going to be it for me for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of learning a little bit about the Enneagram. I probably didn't do as great of a job as I would have wanted to because I didn't want to share, like, everything about it so as to intrigue you, but enough to let you know what I have found is wrong with it and why I would not suggest you do it, but it was a part of my life for quite a while, and it is something that is very popular um, so I can't wait for you to listen to next week's episode. I will have my pastors, Pastor Dimitri and Pastor Lewis on, and we will be, um, talking about, um, church hurt and hopefully, uh, some other really interesting hot topic issues. And, I definitely will leave you with hope and assurance um, in Christ, as I always try to to do. So, um, please, if you feel so led, leave a five star review. Uh, you can reach out on Instagram. That's at Taylor asks a question. T a y l e r. You can email the show at Taylor asks at gmail.com. Um, tell your friends thank you guys for listening and for sharing I 
I'm slowly getting better. This is still so new, uh, but I just am really grateful for you guys being here. So thank you guys so much for listening and for sharing and giving feedback. It really has been such a fun thing to get to do. So um, I hope you guys find joy and enjoy community and lead with compassion, especially right now. My goodness gracious, do we need that? And that Lord, please would the gospel go forth from this tiny corner of the world. So thanks again for listening, guys. Until next time.